Right. All right, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Um, the title of the meditation today is called Local Binding and the Page Rank of Attention. So we've been talking about the effect of attention, the effect of energy, uh, meta, various kinds of techniques, uh, and valence, right? We've been doing a little bit of all of that. Um, now let's go into a little bit kind of a hands-on exploration about local binding. So local binding is how the features of your experience come together in order to form gestalts, in order to form objects that are more than the sum of their parts. So first of all, let's revisit uh, the effects that attention has, as we explored the other day. So attention has this property that whatever you pay attention to gets energized, gets stronger. And whatever you pay attention to gets locally bound. If you pay attention to two things at once in your experience, they start to synchronize and exchange energy and their frequencies become in phase. And whatever you pay attention to gets connected with what you were paying attention just before. So if you want to navigate and explore and work and play with your consciousness and meditation, it makes a lot of sense to understand the role of attention because attention by default it doesn't model itself it needs a, it needs a prop to to be able to work that way so first of all let's uh, yeah get settled in and we're gonna reconnect with an exercise we were doing yesterday which is uh, factorizing your experience into its main channels so that we can play with attention, local binding. So first, uh, yeah, take a moment to, to settle in and, and feel the whole of your world simulation.
Now we're gonna focus one at a time in each of the main six channels. So see, hear, feel, and then inner, inner and outer, as uh, Shin Zen Yong likes to, to break it down. So first, uh, outer see. What is it like in your visual field? The textures of experience. And what happens when you pay attention to a component of the outer field of vision? Now, pay attention to your inner seeing, your mind's eye. How does your attention feel like? What is the mental inner move that you're making in order to pay attention to your inner seeing? Notice if there's some kind of refocusing or tension pattern or reconfiguration that you're doing internally for that to happen. Now let's uh, switch to outer here. What move did you just make to refocus on the auditory domain, the external auditory domain? What are you doing? How are you reshaping yourself to make that happen?
now your inner here, when you're caught up in internal dialogue or internal narratives that show up as kind of quasi-auditory phenomena, what is happening? How is that getting you wrapped up? How is that reshaping you to trap you in? It's a puzzle. There's a geometry of these attentional fields and somehow some of them can be really sticky. Now let go of the inner here and refocus on the outer feel, your tactile world and somatic sensations, the position of your body, the feeling of the clothes on your skin. What are you doing to pay attention to that? And finally, check in with your inner feel, your emotional sounding board. The spectrum of your emotions right now, embodied emotions. What are you doing to focus on that? Now let go of that and one advantage of factorizing your experience this way is this notion of dividing and conquering in a way. Because if there's negative valence in one modality, by factorizing it, you're compartmentalizing it. 
when, let's say, pain is simultaneously experienced in the somatic world while you're having an inner dialogue about it, while you're having a visualization of it, and those components are synchronized and locally bound, that has a multiplicative effect on the negative valence. You're creating a higher dimensional world that combines them. So if you can keep your experience of the world in these different channels very crisply divided, that's a very powerful strategy to reduce the arising of suffering. Because you're avoiding the multiplicative effect. On the flip side, if there's pleasure, well-being in these various channels and they can synchronize and cohere with each other, you will experience a higher grade of happiness and bliss. The concept of uh, blissing out The pleasure is synchronized across all channels. There's nowhere else to stand that isn't suffused by pleasure. So for a moment, I want you to practice this sense of well-being that is synchronized across all of the channels, or as many as you can. Happiness in the body, sense of happiness and peace in the body. Good internal narrative. And pleasant sounds. Smooth visual field and a beautiful inner eye. And happy emotions. See if you can bring them all together. Now let go of these for the moment. It's a technique you can always practice and it's very beautiful. I recommend 
giving it a try as a practice. Let's notice coming back to how you were focusing on the different compartments or channels of your experience. If you're very sensitive to this process, you will notice that whenever you focus on something, there is a sort of wake of energy that moves towards it, clicks into place where you're paying attention to, and then out of the object that you locally bound, whose features you put together with your attention, there is a wave that is emitted, that contains the information of how those features were put together, and that wave propagates to the rest of the experience. In a very real sense, the interplay between attention and awareness is a deeper truth of the colloquial sense of self and other. Or the witness and the witnessed. The witness being formless, it is indescribable, the field of awareness, and the witnessed being the pattern of local binding that the attention gave rise to. It is for this reason that states of non-duality are always, always involved in the rearrangement of attention and awareness where there's an intermingling between them or even a confusion an exchange between what is attention and what is awareness so one little exercise we can do is to see if we can flip attention and awareness with each other so we start out by paying attention to one point in the left side of your visual field and have the rest of your experience and the rest of your visual field attending to it, being the field of awareness. So you're focusing on one tiny point in the left side of your visual field. Now slowly start growing that point. So as we talk modes of attention, rather than being a point, now it becomes kind of a lamp or like a, a spotlight. Slowly grows, slowly grows. Until 
what you're paying attention to is the left side of your visual field, all of it at once. Now, here's where the magic happens. When you finally make the left side of your visual field the object of attention, notice that you can very effortlessly just flip over where the right side is now the object of attention. It's sort of the witness was the right side, the witness the left. And with this magical flip, almost kind of an inversion, now the witness is the right and the witness is the left. And now you can slowly start to shrink the object of attention in your right side until it becomes a point. So one way to be convinced at a very, very visceral level in a way about how attention and awareness are complements of each other is to do these flips. Realize that every time you really grow the scope of attention until it encompasses half of your experience, this magical flip can happen. This takes me to the following insight. In a very real sense, the way attention and awareness build your world is by different bound objects of experience, phenomenally bound objects of experience, locally bound, witnessing each other. When an object clicks into place, it emits waves that carry the information about the binding connections that arose. And those become witnesses of the rest of the scene. So as an exercise, pick a part of your body and make that the witness and take another part of your body and make that the witness. And notice the relationship they have to each other and what that feels like.
Now, see if you can extend it and choose three parts of your body. A is witnessing B and B is witnessing C. Notice how energy and information travels in this setup. And how it seems that C gains gravity, becomes kind of the frame of reference, while A gets shaped the most, reshaped by the influence that C has. With this way of seeing, it becomes apparent that in everyday life, in your moment-to-moment -moment experience, every facet of your experience is playing the role of the witness and the witnessed. And in fact, what you're ultimately reporting you're paying attention to is where the flow of attention is gathering in network in graph theory there's this algorithm called page rank in a weighted directed graph which essentially tells you if you move around in the graph by following the edges What is the probability that you find yourself in a particular node? It's almost a way of kind of modeling if water were to be flowing in the network, where does it aggregate? What kind of whirls appear in it? And the exercise we were doing of transforming the left point into a larger point of attention until it becomes half of the visual field and it flips over, that is analogous to a large cluster in the network where it, it's gathering all the page rank, all of a sudden actually being the place from which the page rank is going out of and the other side is the one that is getting the page rank. So now the last, last exercise here is noticing that the witnessed and the witnessed don't even need to be standard objects of perception. They can even be space spaciousness itself. Many people are very confused by how could you experience something like this fear of boundless space, the fifth jhana, becoming space. How could that happen? Using the 
models we've talked about today, these would be where the witnessed and the witness are patches of space witnessing each other until you get a feedback loop that fully traps attention it has nowhere else to go but from one patch of space into another patch of space so let's start out by noticing the spaciousness of your experience precisely the complement of its solidity There is spaciousness of sound, spaciousness of sight, spaciousness of the body and somatic world. And now once you have a sense of the spaciousness, turn that spaciousness into a witness of more spaciousness. Stand in the spaciousness to witness spaciousness. Space knowing space. And if you keep practicing this, eventually you can get absorbed and become space. A very healing experience very insightful too. So now in your own time we're gonna close this meditation gather up all the insights and realizations that it gave you and feel the quality of this gained sense of understanding. And in your own time, Open your eyes and come back to the world. Thank you.